You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right, all right. We're here. It is time, you guys, to kick off this new series. I'm so excited. Father, we thank you for this new series, Creative Dominion. And we thank you that this is good news. It's the good news of the gospel. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful to know you and to be alive in Christ, to be associated in Jesus, to live in union with Jesus. We're excited because of all of the things that it gives us access to. It gives us access to you. It gives us access to our inheritance in Christ. And it is good news. It is the best news, the best news that's ever been told. And we are just grateful to be here today, Lord. We want to just sit at your feet, Jesus, and learn of you. We want to hear the gospel with fresh fresh eyes, Lord, fresh ears. We want to hear it and absorb it and live it and experience it. Oh my gosh, Siri always talks to me in my podcast. I'm praying here, Siri. (laughs) But uh, Lord, we just agree. We agree with the mind of Christ this morning. We agree with all of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. So take us where we need to go, Holy Spirit. You do the teaching. Enlighten our eyes. Open our ears. Let us hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us today. And we are going to just revel in it. We're going to rejoice in it. And we're going to be transformed by it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, awesome, you guys. I am excited to be starting this new series. It's um actually a phrase. Creative dominion is a phrase that I have been sitting with, I don't know, maybe for about six weeks. Honestly, since one of our mergers um, just shared the phrase in one of our coaching calls. And man, that thing just hit me, hit me right between the eyes, right in the heart. And I just began meditating on it. And I just began to think about what does it mean to have creative dominion? And so we're going to be unpacking this thought of the ability to create, the ability to co-create with God and take dominion over the world system and take dominion over the scene realm over the next several episodes. Um, But today I wanted to start with a contrast. I wanted to start with a... um, just a deeper uh, dive into the difference between uh, the kingdom and the world system. Because if we're going to have creative dominion, we have to get out. Sorry, of... could you say that again? My apologies. Man, Siri's just going to talk to me the whole time, you guys. I'm not sure what to do. I don't know how to how to make her be quiet. So I'm going to, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll put her in a drawer. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> it's cracking me up. Um, anyway, uh, I want to compare the world system to the kingdom system because you can't live in two systems at one time. You're either going to be living from a place of toil, you're going to be living from a place of self-effort and performance and self-righteousness, or you're going to be living in the kingdom by grace and righteousness as a gift and the peace that comes not because of our performance, but through our association with Jesus. And so let's kick off today with a scripture that I, I don't know how long ago I came across it in the Passion Translation, but I just love it so much. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to start a little bit above the scripture that I want to highlight today, um, just to kind of give it some context. So let's go up a little before verse 12, which is the one that I want to jump off on today. Um, let's just go up to verse six. It says, however, 
there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's wisdom that did not originate in the present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. None of the rulers of this present world order, none of the rulers of this present or world order, it's hard to say, none of the rulers of this present world order understood it. For if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. This is why the scriptures stay, say, things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things that God has in store for all of his lovers. I'm going to stop here for a second because this wisdom that was hidden before the ages, you guys, is the wisdom, the mystery of Christ in us. Right, None of the rulers of this world order understood what Jesus was accomplishing on the cross. It was hidden. It was, I had never seen it. Ear had never heard of it. I'm telling you, this was just beyond the comprehension of the kingdom of darkness that God would die as humanity and bring us into union with himself, that he would make us his temples, that we would be one with him in his glory. And this profound wisdom is now the wisdom that the spiritually mature get to enjoy, right? Why do I say the spiritually mature? Because those that are skilled in righteousness, it says in Hebrews chapter 5, are the ones that can have meat, right? So the meat is union with God, right? The milk is just righteousness by faith. And so this whole gospel glory has been hidden until it was revealed, revealed really to the Apostle Paul. And so he's writing here to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about this wisdom that is now available to us. So in verse, uh, let's go here to verse 12. Is that verse? No, verse. let's go to verse 10. It says, but now God unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. In other words, God is now unveiling the profound reality of Christ in us by the Holy Spirit. In verse it says, yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mystery through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God, his thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. Now here's the scripture I want to jump off on in verse 12. It says, for we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. Okay, let me read it again. It says, for we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. You guys, this mystery of Christ in us is the declaration of God making his home inside of us. And it is by grace that we have been saved from the world system. It is by grace that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. And our faith is just in a, a response to hearing this good news and just being overjoyed and believing it. And here's what it says here. 
that the spirit of God is the antithesis to the spirit of the world system, right? The Holy Spirit is now the spirit that we now live in and he lives in us. And one of the reasons that he lives in us, one of his roles, you will, as the spirit of revelation is to reveal to us and teach us what it means to live in union with God. Why? So that we can understand it and we can experience it. It says here that we can come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. So grace has lavished the entire kingdom of God upon us. Grace has lavished a brand new identity for us a co-associated identity where we have been crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ, ascended with Christ. And now we sit in the place of highest honor in Christ next to the right hand of the Father. And But unless you get confused, remember the Father and Jesus are one. So even though Jesus is at the right hand, he's also in the Father. And because we're in him, we're also at the right hand of the Father, but we're also in the Father. This is the greatest proclamation that has ever been made, you guys. We are now seated in the place of all power, all rule all authority. Jesus said, all authority and all dominion has been given unto me. And because we live in union with him, guess what? We have that same authority in the name of Jesus. And we have that same really responsibility to dominate the world system, to dominate anything and everything that is not existing in heaven. And all of heaven has already been lavished upon us. It's a love gift from our heavenly father. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter one, that all that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us in Christ. Because why? The father sees us wrapped in Christ. And so you know, the, the concept that we live in heaven, that we live with heaven within, that we are new creations, that this is all by the grace of God. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we perform to enjoy. It's not something that we toil to receive. No, it's something that's already been accomplished for us. It's an invisible kingdom that we now live and move and have our being in because God and his kingdom are within us, you guys, and we are one with Jesus. And so this kingdom, the kingdom of God is a place that is governed by love. It is governed by uh, grace and is governed by righteousness that is a gift, right? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Spirit, you guys, is our connection. He's our connection to the vine, which is Jesus. He's our connection to the realities of the spirit realm. He is our connection to our new identity. And he is our teacher. He's the spirit of truth. He loves leading and guiding us into all truth, mainly the truth about us and what Jesus finished at Calvary. You guys, and this kingdom is the, literally, when I say it's the antithesis, I'm saying that it is the absolute opposite of the performance toil-based world system, right? The world system is a system that is um, fueled by what we call self-righteousness, what the Bible calls self-righteousness. And this little self-righteousness thing 
is a sneaky little booger, you guys. I mean, it is it is rooted in human judgment. It is rooted in the role that humans took on as judge as a, as a result of the fall. And this judgment is based upon a, a, a law-based system, right? It's the law that condemns. It's the law that tells us that we are wrong, that we are right, that we are good, that we are bad. And when we perform, right, we perform for identity. We perform to please God. We perform uh, for everything, right? We perform to be acceptable to ourselves, acceptable to others. We perform for promotions. We perform for provision. We perform for peace, right? If we can just do it right, then we'll feel good. We'll be accepted. We'll be loved and, and, and we'll be, we'll be, you know, worthy. We'll somehow be worthy of good things, of, of a relationship with God. But this performance based system is a lie, you guys. It is a lie. It is, it is a um, trap, if you will, because it annihilates, it nullifies, in Galatians it says, the grace of God. They are mutually exclusive realities, the kingdom and the world system. We cannot be in a self-performing, self-righteous, self-justified, or self-condemned state and be living in the place of grace. And grace is something that God has lavished upon us and our inheritance in Christ is a gift, right? Heaven is a gift. Our salvation is a gift. Our, our, our provision is a gift. All of the, the good things that are in us in Christ, our holiness, our innocence, our uh, provision, it's all a gift. And we have to get to the place where we refuse to earn something that we've already been given. You know, that is an exercise in futility when you are trying to get something that you already have. And I know if we're honest, many of us would admit that our prayer lives and our relationship with God is bathed in requests and prayers and pleas and begging for things that we have already been given in Christ. And instead of asking for something that we've already been given, we need to shift gears and start enjoying what we've already been given. We need to enjoy righteousness. We need to enjoy joy. We need to enjoy peace. We need to enjoy um, the abundance that belongs to us in Jesus. And that's what it means to have soul prosperity. It means that our soul has come into rest. It means that we're no longer kicking our own butt with all the things that we've done wrong. It means that sin consciousness has left the building and we are no longer conscious of sin. We're not conscious of our own sin. We're not conscious of other people's sin. We are conscious of righteousness. We're conscious that everyone was included at Calvary. Everyone uh, died in Christ. He died once for all, it says in Hebrews. And now the only thing that's left to do is enjoy resurrected life. And resurrected living lifts us out of flesh based living, performance based living, carnal mindedness, and puts us into the place where we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead at our disposal 24 seven. In fact, it's quickening our mortal bodies every single moment of every single day. We are being renewed in our spirit. You guys, we're never gonna die. We're never ever going to experience separation from God. The only reason or the only way we'll 
will experience it is if we experience it in our minds. Colossian talks about how we are alienated from God in our minds. And this alienation, this separation from God is a deception. It's the primary deception of the fall. It's the, the deception that Jesus came to defeat on Calvary. And it is the deception that the ruler of this age, that the, the God of this world uses to deceive us now. He deceives us into getting back into performance. He deceives us by having a poor self-image because we don't measure up to the standards that we've set for ourselves or the standards that the world system sets for us, right? The way that we look, the cars that we drive, the clothes that we wear, all of these things that, that attempt to define our value outside of Jesus. That is the deception of the ages. And it is the deception that Jesus completely annihilated on the cross. And so if we are going to enjoy our inheritance and we are going to co-create heaven on earth and take dominion over the world system, then we have to get this self-righteous versus righteousness by faith issue settled once and for all. We cannot have a relationship with the rules and a relationship with grace at the same time. It is absolutely mutually exclusive and, and, and self-righteousness and works of the flesh and toil and performing will cut you off, will cut you off by grace because by its very nature, grace is not earned. It is bestowed upon some, uh, someone. It's, it's, a, it's unmerited favor, right? It means that you don't get a merit badge and earn more favor by performing, right? This is why so much of the doctrine in the church is, is, is just pure rubbish. It's just pure garbage. And I don't mean to be critical, but the apostle Paul said, if anyone preaches a gospel other than the one that I preach, let them be accursed. I mean, he had stern words for performance-based mixture law and grace gospel, ungospel messages, right? A little bit of law, a little bit of performance, a little bit of self-righteousness, not, it just, just completely nullifies uh, grace because grace is 100% a gift. It is absolutely impossible to earn heaven. It is impossible to earn union with Jesus. It's impossible to earn righteousness. It is a gift. You know, that's why, you know, even Abraham, it was accounted to him righteousness just because he believed God. You know, righteousness was always a gift that came just by saying, okay, I, I just believe God. I believe in your goodness. I believe in who you are. And I believe in your ability to, to perform and do what you've promised. And that's what Abraham did. He said he became fully persuaded by giving glory to God that God was able to perform what he promised. So God is the one that performs in the kingdom. God is the one that has performed um, on Calvary. So the performance is finished, right? It is the, the ultimate play of the ages, what Jesus accomplished. And he, when he said it is finished, he was like, put the curtains down, right? I have finished the reconciliation of the cosmos. All things have been reconciled to myself. All humans have been reconciled to myself. Now they may not know it yet. It's like people that haven't recognized their union with Jesus. Honestly, whether they've confessed Jesus as Lord or they don't even know about Jesus, right? If, if you are still living in self-righteousness, it's as though you have a blindfold. It's like you're just blinded. You're blinded from the gospel. Those that believe, that don't believe the gospel have been blinded by the God of this world. And the blindness 
And the deception comes from this squirrely little thing called self-righteousness. And I'll tell you guys this, if you will start to really get a revelation of self-righteousness, you'll see it everywhere. Performance is everywhere. It's outside of the church. It's inside of the church. And it is absolutely exhausting. The gospel is not a self-improvement program. It's not a self-help system. No, it's a self-dying system, right? It's a death to self. It's an annihilation of a self that exists apart from Christ. And so I need to kind of jump off in this series on this revelation because we need to have a revelation of self-righteousness, right? The Pharisees were steeped in it. And it means that you are performing to gain something, right? And it can be anything. You're performing for love. You're performing for acceptance. You're performing, as I said earlier, for promotion. You're performing to get life, really, some form of life. And the law is an inferior source of life. In fact, it ministers death. Because the truth is, no matter how hard we try to be perfect apart from Christ, no matter how hard we try to be good apart from Christ, we are always going to fail in our performance. In James, it says, if you do not keep the entire law, then you failed it all. Why? Because the standard is perfection. And there is only one that is perfect. His name is Jesus. And his perfection has now been given to us as a, as a grace gift. When Jesus told you know, the Pharisees and those that were listening to him and his teaching, when he said, be ye perfect as I am perfect, he wasn't saying try harder to be good, try harder to be perfect. No, he was saying be perfect like me by living in union with me. Perfection is a gift. Completeness is a gift. Wholeness is a gift. It's a gift that has been deposited in our spirits, you guys, and your spirit is perfect. He that has been joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And so we have to get out of the performance business and get into the resting business. And you know what we're resting in? We're resting in the righteousness of God. We're resting in our inheritance that is in Christ, which is heaven. We're resting in our innocence. We're resting in our not guiltiness. You know, if you're guilty of something, you're guilty of being perfect. You're guilty of being blameless. You're guilty of being innocent. You're guilty of being rich. Rich in Christ. Yes, all that heaven contains has already been lavished upon you. This is why I say lack is an illusion. Lacking anything is an illusion. Why? Because Jesus lacks nothing and we are in him. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us with his inner strength internally by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so self-righteousness is a delusion. Self-righteousness is a deception. And it shows up in our relationship with ourselves. It shows up in our relationships with others. It shows up in our relationship with money. It shows up in our relationship with really everything. You guys, I mean, how much are you spending condemning yourself and, and accusing yourself for of not being perfect? First of all, it's a lie because you are perfect. And secondly, it separates you from grace. It causes, heck, it'll cause sickness when you get under that life of condemnation because condemnation is a, is a, is means punishment. And we do all kinds of self abuse and self punishment when we live under a self righteous world system way of living. So 
Self-righteousness really as a definition is meaning the attempt to be good in and of yourself. It's the attempt to uh, justify yourself through your performance and through your behavior. And that system has been completely annihilated. Okay, on the grace side, what it means is that you can't earn anything, right? You can't earn blessings from God by praying and fasting or giving or reading your Bible or doing Christian activities, right? You're not good because you go to church on Sundays. You're not good because you're leading a Bible study. You're not good because you led 20 people to the Lord or you operate in signs and wonders or you have this incredible call on your life. Like that is not your identity. Your identity is not what you do. Your identity is who you are through an association with Jesus. And so doing to be is not the way of grace. Being is the way of grace. Being righteous, being holy, being uh, aware of, of not your sins, but of Jesus and Jesus's nature within you is how you step into being. And I'll tell you what, when you step into being, when you step into a place of righteousness by gift, righteousness by association with grace and with Jesus, well, guess what happens? Your behavior automatically changes because all of our behavior comes out of our identity. And when we're living in a performance-based identity, man, first of all, you're going to be volatile. You're going to be up one day, down one day. Uh, you're going to be feeling close to God one day far from God another day. You're going to feel under attack all the time because you're living in, you know, you're, you view your circumstances as as these horrible things that are happening to you rather than an opportunity, honestly, to take creative dominion. Uh, creative dominion is how we are created to live. We've been created to dominate circumstances, to dominate problems, to dominate the trials and tribulations that we go through. And we do that through an identity that lives in union with Jesus. And we co-create from that place of oneness. And we can create anything that heaven has in this realm because it already exists. Just because something is invisible doesn't mean that it's not real. In fact, the invisible realm is designed to dominate the material realm. It was the invisible realm that created the material realm. And so we need to wake up to the um, truth of who we are and to the reality of heaven that is here so that we have faith. Why? We, faith is a natural byproduct of righteousness. It's a natural byproduct or supernatural byproduct, however you want to say it, to the gospel. You know, it just, it just, faith comes with it. When you realize, oh gosh, I'm one with Jesus. Oh my goodness, I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. Oh my gosh, all that heaven contains has been lavished upon me in Jesus. Well, you know what? Sickness can't stay in my presence because Jesus is in me and Jesus has de defeated, de defeated sickness. You know what? Lack can't stay in my presence because Jesus became poverty and it's illegal in heaven. And you know what? It's illegal here on earth because I'm here on earth and I'm the body of Jesus. And when I say something in Jesus's name, well, guess what? It's created here in this realm when I believe it. And I believe it because I believe Jesus is who he says he is. And I am who Jesus says I am. And so we're one right now. And so I just speak 
I just speak to anything that's not like heaven and I just say it has to leave and I just create new things. I create heaven on earth, right? And you guys have heard me share these testimonies about peace stains disappearing as I spoke to them, speaking to my washing machine. This doesn't have to be always just huge, gigantic, mountainous things that are in our lives. Yes, speak to your debt. Yes, speak to your body. Yes, speak to your bank accounts. Yes, speak to uh, people that are suffering and, and command heaven to manifest in their lives. But you know how to practice? Practice with real things. Practice with real issues, with real problems, with real bills, right? With real circumstances that come in our lives. And the way to practice is to meditate on righteousness and a gift, the gift of Jesus, the gift of heaven, and start to live from a place where you are not earning anything. I will tell you, in my ministry over the years, there has been such pressure <laughs> for me to earn things, right? As I was learning um, how to be in ministry, how to build uh, the vision that God had for me through union with Jesus, right? We so many times will get um, a call on our lives. In fact, my eMERGE grads, a lot of times will, will struggle with this, right? They have this huge call on their lives to do these things that they've never done before. And like Abraham, they start to think, well, gosh, I have to do it. I have to go write this book or I have to build this ministry or this foundation or this business, blah, 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 right? And they get into toil. They get into performance. And all it's almost like I told this um, to, I was coaching some grads last week. I said it's, their purpose begins to accuse them of who they're not, right? But that's not the purpose of your purpose. Your purpose is not to accuse you of who you're not. Your purpose is to inspire you to step into union with Jesus and let the Father do miraculous things through you. And I can tell you, after being in ministry for 25 years, I've had to learn these lessons firsthand. And I have been so tempted and I have gotten out of union with Jesus so many times and tried to perform and tried to toil in, in doing my purpose, right? I mean, I remember when we had just first launched Emerge and I didn't know what I was doing with marketing. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know anything, right? I had this message. I had this powerful curriculum, but I didn't know what to do to like, okay, how do I get this? into the hands of people. And so I kept trying to make it work, right? I was doing this, these emails and doing launches. And when no one would enroll, do you know what? Instead of just thinking, oh gosh, that was just not, that was not a good strategy. We need to try something else. You know what it would, it would make me do? It would make me, it means something about me. Like, oh gosh, I'm just, I guess I'm just not, you know, good at this. Nobody's going to want what I, what I created. Um, I'm just being rejected, right? I would get all these triggers around rejection because I had experienced so much rejection in my life. And you know how long it took me to finally get it free from making the school me, right? Like whether I'm enrolling people or not, like it meant something about me. And you guys, that's just my story, but this is you at your job, right? When you're, when you're performing well, well, you know what? You get promoted and you have favor and you have all of these things versus when you're not performing, you get fired. You know, I've been down that road. I used to be in corporate and it was, it was torture, right? To constantly be trying to attain an, a, a goal in and of your own strength. It's exhausting and really because our purpose is supernatural, because the things that we've been called to dominate on this earth require the supernatural, it is impossible to do it in your human identity. It is impossible to do these things in and of yourself. No, union with Jesus is where it's at, where the Father is doing the work through you, where you see what the Father is doing and you just do that. 
And it's just a life of obedience, of just hearing and doing, hearing and doing. And as you hear and do, you know what happens? Your purpose gets built. Your book gets downloaded. You uh, Doors supernaturally open. Things begin to happen because it's not you doing it. It's the Father doing it. And so, you know, I can remember so many times when, I mean, we were just, you know, our backs were against the wall because of financial things that we were facing. I mean, we left everything to follow Jesus, right? I mean, literally sold our house, gave away everything. And, and we just, we just said, we're good. We're getting into the, you know, off of the world system and we're going to go follow Jesus. And the problem was, is that we didn't understand this message. We didn't understand that you can't earn an inheritance. You know, we didn't understand that provision is a gift, that provision is received by simply resting in the fact that it's already finished, that you already got it, that your purpose is already done, that you already have the victory. And you can just get into a place of praising God. You can praise God for your healing while you still have symptoms in your body. You can praise God that the bill is paid even though it's due in, you know, tomorrow. You can, you can praise God for the victory and the breakthrough before you actually see it manifest. Because praise is, is a place of faith. It's a place of rest where you just know it's a gift and it's already done. And it's the very thing that connects it to manifesting. And so this earning something is a very subtle deception. And it's something that we've lived under our entire lives. So for the most part, we live under it without even realizing we're doing it. It's like a fish that's swimming in water, but doesn't realize they're in water because that's the only habitat that they've ever lived in. And the only habitat that we've lived in, for the most part, has been this performance-based religious system. Even if it's the world system and you're not in church, religion is performing. It's a relationship with good, the, the knowledge of good and evil, and it is a way of getting life apart from God. It's a way of being worthy, a way of deserving things. And we have to get off of it if we are going to um, experience the gospel, experience who we really are, and experience heaven and fulfill our purpose. It is a mutually exclusive reality. And we can't, we don't want to nullify what Jesus did on the cross, right? No, we want to enjoy what Jesus did on the cross. And so, you know, you'll notice when you begin to get an awareness of, of when you are being self-righteous is because your emotions will tell you, right? You will feel anxious. You will feel worried. You will feel uh, sad. You will have these, the, you know, emotions on the negative, uh, negative extreme of things. And when you are in those negative emotions, guaranteed you've been alienated from the grace of God. You've been alienated from your true identity in Christ. And you are in that place of, of separation from God without even realizing it many times that that's what, what's happening. And so when you're feeling those things, you know, that's the time to press into the gospel. You know, that's the time to turn on one of my podcasts, honestly. That's when it's time to get some good news and remember who you actually are. And, you know, for me, you know, that means getting into the mirror translation, for example, or getting into my journal and just reminding myself of what is real and what is truth. And I will tell you, it doesn't take me too long because I've been at this for a minute now to start to recognize, oh my gosh, I've fallen into it again. I'm doing that self-righteous thing. And these symptoms or whatever in my life or in my body or whatever are, are, are coming because I'm hooked up to the wrong system. 
I'm in a performance-based system and I've judged myself unworthy. <laughs> and now I need to get back into the inheritance-based system and judge myself as Jesus, right? The only valid way to see ourselves is the way Jesus sees himself, right? That was my scripture from last podcast. And so we have to get back into the validity of who we really are. And I will tell you, it will cheer you up immediately. Oh my goodness, righteousness by faith is good news. Not having to earn something is good news. In fact, sometimes I've been so stressed and when I get the good news like that, I literally have to just go take a nap. I mean, I'm just like, oh, I'm just exhausted. And then I just go sit in that place. I end up falling asleep where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna rest in the holiness that I have in Jesus. I'm gonna rest uh, in the righteousness that I have in Jesus. I'm gonna rest in the provision that is mine in Christ. I'm gonna rest in the reality that this is already done. I'm already complete. I have everything that I need. And I'll tell you, when you can rest in that place of it all being finished and it all being yours already, guess what happens? Oh, grace begins to work. Grace begins to do what you were toiling and couldn't do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just begins to happen. Um, things begin to happen when you stop working when you stop performing and you come into this place of realizing, oh my gosh, I am perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. I do have everything that I need. And there is more than enough grace to do anything that Jesus is asking me to do. There's a beautiful scripture in Romans chapter five that says, he that receives an abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life as a king. All right, it's worth me looking it up. And reading it to you guys, pull, pull it up really quick. So Romans 5, 17. Okay, I think this is probably, um, yeah, this is the um, NIV translation. It says, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I mean, this is so powerful. What he's saying is because of one man's misstep, who, what man, Adam, because Adam's, because of Adam's trespass, death reigned through that one man. In other words, the law reigned. Death came to all men because of the law. It says the knowledge of good and evil, right? It says, but how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the man, Jesus Christ? In the New Living Translation, it says, for, it, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. And you guys, sin and death is not just, death is not just something that happens when our physical body dies. No, death is what happens when we are carnally minded, when we are performance minded, when we are self-righteous minded, right? So rest is more than we've ever thought, right? And it is a gift even that comes through the, the gospel. When we understand the gospel, we faith rises up and we can rest. We can say, oh, Jesus accomplished this for me. I do not have to toil for anything. I do not have to toil to pay my debts. I do not have to toil for my healing. I do not have to toil for the salvation of my loved ones. I do not have to toil to, to fulfill my purpose. I do not have to toil for anything. 
No, I can enjoy peace right this minute. I can enjoy righteousness. I can enjoy heaven and I can wake up to, to the reality of it all around. And I can just enjoy encountering God. I can just go into heaven right now. I can sit down in heaven right now on the throne in Jesus. And I can just look around. Let's just go take a tour of heaven. You can just say, oh, Holy Spirit, enlighten my eyes. Let me see my inheritance today. Let me go and drink from the river of life in heaven today. Can you take me to the river of heaven that comes from your throne? And you can just begin to, to visualize heaven's provision and visualize all of the beauty and the glory and the power and the dominion that belong to you and Jesus in union right and you can just your eyes can just be enthralled with the beauty of what Jesus has accomplished and you can just begin to join in the chorus of heaven of holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was who is and is to come you can just enter into that place of worship to that place of a presence to that place of yes creative dominion and when you get into the spirit and you get into that place where heaven is now real and heaven is now and we're there well guess what you pray in the spirit you begin to declare just just naturally you're not trying you're just enjoying you're enjoying the bliss of God's presence the pleasures that are at his hand forevermore you're just enjoying righteousness you're enjoying the presence the fullness of joy that is ours right now in heaven in Christ and you guys the world system you forget about it performance you forget about it toiling you forget about it and you just get getty you just get happy you just get oh my goodness it's all finished it's all done we're all included it's a great day it's a good news Woo! we have the victory and you just live in a place that is so elevated over the cares of this world you know what the cares of this world will choke the kingdom it'll choke the kingdom it'll choke the gospel right out of you but you can rise above it you can rise above it and you can create, you can dominate from a place when you receive an abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. And remember, the Holy Spirit is our partner in this. It is, he is, he is there unveiling Christ to us. He, he wants to help us understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. It is a grace gift and the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. And he is able to lift us out of our bodies, out of our temporal circumstances, out of whatever may be ailing us and get us into that place where we just have received it all and we can rest. We can rest and enjoy our lives because toiling is a thing of the past. You do not have to earn your debt freedom. You do not have to earn your healing. You do not have to earn your marriage being reconciled. You do. I'm not saying there aren't things that you have might not have, that you might have to do, but guess what you do? You do whatever he's telling you to do. That's it. That's it. It's that so it's simple. A little kid can do it. You just follow directions. And sometimes the direction is do nothing. Sometimes the direction is just take a nap, <laughs> be like Jesus in the boat, crossing through the storm. I mean, it, it, anything that God asks you to do, we're able to do. And here's the thing: the grace of God is always, always available to help us obey. 
So God bless you guys. This is good news. This is the gospel. We have been delivered from the world system. We've been delivered from self-righteousness. We've been delivered for toiling for something. We have an inheritance. His name is Jesus. And in him, we have all that heaven contains. That is who you are. So it, there's nothing left to do but just to enjoy it and live victoriously and get into that place where you are in heaven, enjoying the reality of heaven right now. And then watch, watch you just create accidentally heaven on earth. All right, guys, love you. Have a supernatural week and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.